0: Hi, I'm Katrina Adams, former WTA Tour player, 20 doubles titles under my name, uh, vice president of the International Tennis Federation, past president of the USCA, author of Own the Arena. And you are listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters.
1: We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind.
0: It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your host,
2: Welcome back to the ProSource Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mr. Newellis-Bruce, a.k.a. NWB. And I am joined by the one and only Mr. Durant, a.k.a. Kobe. Kobe, how you doing?
1: Fine, man. I'm recovering after my birthday, but I'm doing
2: good, buddy. There we go. How does it feel to be 21?
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. I can finally drink in the States now, so I'm looking forward to it.
2: There we go. I mean, you are probably drinking in the States beforehand, but Whatever. Um, (laughs) anyway to toast that and more we have a special guest he he can be found covering tennis soccer and many other sports it is Elias Laradi. Elias how you doing
0: thanks for having me guys and uh uh, happy belated uh, birthday to you buddy
2: yeah thank you thank you so Elias mate I covered I mentioned two or three sports but how many sports tell us all the sports you cover
0: so I do soccer, tennis, hockey, uh, football, you know, basically anything that's considered a sport, I'll try to cover.
2: There we go. And are you an independent uh, reporter or do you uh, cover it for a specific outlet?
0: I, I would consider myself freelance, but I write for many uh, different uh, media outlets. And I actually just started a collaboration with a tennis YouTube channel. And uh, actually, a really cool story, I got them, for the first time ever, a media credential at a tennis tournament in Los Cabos, where I was last weekend.
2: There we go. And it's it's a big month of tennis in North America. As you record in the second week of August, we've got the Canadian Open, both WTA and ATP going on in Toronto and Montreal, respectively, and then things will here a crescendo with the U.S. Open at the end of the month. What is your take on the tennis landscape at the moment?
0: Well, actually, we had uh, two pretty big upsets uh, at the Rogers Cup in Montreal. We had Daniil Medvedev, who actually just won Los Cobos this past week, and uh, who was the number one seed, and Carlos Alcaraz, who was the number two seed. They both actually lost their matches today. Medvedev losing a tight three-set match to uh, Nick Kyrgios. Was uh, the ever? He was always flashy. He always has the talent, you know, to cause big upsets. But he always lets his mental instability get in the way. While, as Carlos Alcaraz lost uh, another type match to an American, Tommy Paul, which is actually uh, a pretty big shock for for the tournament.
2: There we go. Now let's touch on Kyrgios because I'm Australian and I've always been interested by him because he made the Wimbledon final. But I'm not gonna lie; I had a feeling that his <laughs> his demons were gonna get to him eventually. And it seems that over the course of five sets, little things start to become a lot with him, whether it be the crowd or umpiring points. I put it to you, Elias. Are we gonna see Nick Kyrgios win a Grand Slam in his career, a singles Grand Slam?
0: I mean, honestly, like, I've always thought about this. Kyrgios is such a talent that he has the potential but he always gets it his own way. And what I really liked is that actually he was playing in DC last week. And he went the entire week without incident. Made it all the way, I think it was, to the semi-finals. And uh, now in Montreal, you know, pulling off, getting the world number one is another huge feat. So, I mean, if he continues this route and if, you know, if he continues to play his game, he has a lot of talent. He has a lot of dangerous uh, weapons that he can use at his disposal. He's got his big serve. He's got his heavy forehand i see the potential maybe not like i'm not sure about the this us open but maybe like down the line like i think he does have the potential to win a grand slam it's just that like i said he he gets his own way when he gets aggravated when he does it, all these rants with the chair umpires like that's not who we want to see we want to see nick curios there's the powerful tennis player not nick curios the guy who's you know yelling at fans and yelling at umpires and getting fined and smashing rackets we don't want that right now we want you know to see the talent and the game that he possesses
2: there we go now just touching on the us open for a second if i'm not mistaken this will be a grand slam that will not feature mr Djokovic for reasons going beyond tennis mm-hmm. so who's your tip to win the tournament
0: i mean it has to be between uh, Daniil daniel medvedev and rafael nadal honestly
2: okay all right we'll, we'll revisit that in a second
1: yeah, I got a question going back to, to Medvedev. When a mm-hmm. top seed goes out that early, especially after coming off a win, I mean, in tennis, a lot of years now, there's the whole win hangover or the I don't really care about this tournament where you have to show, but you don't necessarily have to play. Does it feel like that to you?
0: Um, I wouldn't say necessarily. To be honest, I didn't watch the match, so I wouldn't really be able to give an exact analysis. I would have to like watch the highlights. But, uh, I've covered Nevadev a lot, actually, like over the past couple of years. And, uh, for him, it's just, you know, he had a really good week in Los Cabos. He wasn't really happy about the court because it was a slower, uh, hard court there in, in Mexico. Um, this week, maybe he, the, there was an adjustment because Montreal's a faster hard court. So maybe he didn't really get that adjustment again over three sets. You know, uh, again, I, w- I would have to see the, the highlights to find exactly what happened. But I feel like Daniil is the type of player where, okay he'll lose but like he it won't like hang over and he'll be like okay you know I had a really good week last week this week I, I, I lost in the second round you know move on next week in Cincinnati let's see what we can do in Cincinnati and let's see what we can do with the US Open
1: okay oh okay and then flipping over to the women's side of things
0: mm-hmm.
1: is it expected to you was it expected for Serena to announce her retirement
0: uh Serena Williams yeah so uh, it, it was actually my sense of it is that we hadn't seen her play since Wimbledon. So she was taking a lot of time off between tournaments. So she wasn't, like, actively playing tournaments every single week. She was always, like, playing one tournament, then she would, like, take a month off, play one tournament, take a month off. So it didn't really come as a surprise to me. And, you know, she was getting older in age. I think now, what, she's 41, 42. She has a daughter. And then I don't know if you guys read that that Vogue article, but it said that, like, her, her daughter was like, Oh, I want a baby sister, I want a baby sister. So mm-hmm. I guess, you know, it finally you know, she finally thought about it, you know, for a while I said, like, you know what, maybe this is the time for me, you know, to call it a career and focus on other things like building a family and, you know, other stuff in life. Okay, okay.
2: Yeah, it's it's been a heck of a career. It's spanned twenty plus years and she's on the precipice of equaling the, the Grand Slam record that Margaret caught Clings to but she's definitely transformed the game, regardless of whether she gets that record or not. And <clears throat> I think, Margaret
1: Margaret Court's a Kiwi, right?
0: No, she's an Aussie.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun, yeah, Kobe does that. He, he <laughs> likes to try and get a rise, but that one didn't work, buddy. Uh, I met, yeah, I, I met Margaret Court once or twice. Um, I can definitely confirm she's not not a Kiwi now. Elias, you mentioned in the lead up that you actually have Italian heritage. So 2022's here, it's World Cup here. How do you feel not having Italy at the World Cup, the men's World Cup?
0: To be honest, I'm born in Canada. I would consider myself a Canadian. I do cover both the Canadian men's and women's national team uh during their uh, World Cup qualifying, so I mean, I'm 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 all for Canada at this World Cup and uh Here's a bold prediction. I do think Canada will actually, you know, get out of the group despite the fact being in a group with Belgium, Morocco, and um, Croatia.
2: And you being good company because we have to agree with that. Yeah, we're
1: on that too.
0: Because when you you look at it, Belgium is not the Belgium that it was in 2018 or 2014. You know, Aiden Hazard is not the same. Like, I cover Real Madrid a lot. For the media, oh, I like, like I was actually at the uh, UEFA Champions League final when they played Liverpool, and uh, he's he, he barely plays anymore. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see what he does at the World Cup. Um, as for Lukaku, you know he's he's has issues at Chelsea. When you look at Croatia, Mo, you know if you look at all their star players, they're all like thirty five and up. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe maybe Modric can carry them, but you know besides that, like all their other players are 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 pretty much in age. Um, Morocco, honestly, if you look at every country's qualification route, everyone is saying that Morocco had the easiest qualification. Like, they basically had to beat the Democratic uh, Republic of Congo to qualify for the World Cup. And I'm sorry, but Congo is not like a huge team. Like, they had it very, very easy. And they actually um fired their coach uh, now. And now they're actually still looking for, for a new coach for, for the World Cup. So... It'll be interesting to see what happens to them at the World Cup as well.
2: Yeah, I, I do think that Canada will surprise. I mean, the first step for them is to get that goal, get that first ever World Cup goal, try and do that in the first game. But after that, they can definitely walk away with four or five points in that group. I do think, the like you said, the Belgian team is not what it used to be. The, the back line is very old. <laughs> It doesn't matter whether you have Thomas uh, tobiado uh, Jan Vertonghen. You want to wheel out Tom- Thomas Van they're, they're not going to be able to stop the pacey Canadian wings. And then, yes, I get the Croatia have Luka Modric in the middle and they have Ivan Perisic up front. Again, this is another aging team. As long as John, John Herdman has that team cohesive and focused, when november comes around i i definitely see them getting out of the group i i do have to ask you at least what are your thoughts on canada on the women's side they're playing a playoff against jamaica to qualify for the olympics in september how do you feel about that
0: well i was actually at the uh W championship in mexico um two or three weeks ago in monterey i was actually covering that tournament yeah, no. Canada looks really good. Um, I didn't really get a chance to watch Jamaica because they were in the other group, but uh, they had a good tournament. They made it, I think, to the, to the semifinals. And um, honestly, in over over two legs, I I still see Canada, you know, edging them out and qualifying for for those Olympics.
2: All right, some optimism for the red and white.
0: Yeah, when it comes
1: to uh, Team Canada, the women's side, I mean, everyone knows Christine Sinclair. Everyone, but is there anyone else that stands out to you now that's coming up?
0: Oh, definitely. You have uh, Jordan Heidema. You have Vanessa Gille. You have Kaylin Sheridan taking over in the net from Stephanie LeBay. You know, you have a lot of strong players on this group. You have um, Vinnie Becky. You have Sophie Schmidt. You know, you have a, a, this, this ton of, of of depth that they have, and they for sure they can they can. They can cause a lot of problems and, uh, you know, they, it was, it was an underwhelming final that they played against the U S maybe it caught them off guard, but, uh, no, this, this team is, is going to, is going places for sure.
1: Okay. Right on. Now you live in Toronto, correct?
0: Montreal actually.
1: Oh, Montreal. Yes. So you're a, you're a Habs fan.
0: Well, actually, um, I gave up on them a long time ago.
1: Oh, okay. Well, good to have you aboard, buddy. Good to have you aboard.
0: I'm not a Leaf fan, <laughs> by the way. I'm
1: not, I'm not that strong Leafs fan either. Another member of our trio is, but he's not with us today, so we won't go there. Mm-hmm. But you personally, so outside of reporting on sports, what are your favorite sports to actually watch as a fan?
0: Again, like I, I love watching tennis. Um, I actually started tennis as a fan, and then I decided that um, – when I, when I started, like, not my career, but, like, when I started covering sports, it was one of the sports that I really wanted to cover. I also love watching hockey, you know. When I get a chance to go to the Bell Center, I'll go because basically, like, the, the, the craziest rink in the NHL right now. And, you know, um, I, I love watching, again, soccer, you know. I'm, I'm basically passionate just watching sports in general. Um, those are, like, the top three that I would love to watch, soccer, hockey, and uh, tennis.
1: Did you play any growing up?
0: I did actually. I did play soccer. I did play hockey. I did play tennis. Tennis was probably the the farthest that I went as a sport. I was playing tournaments, you know, uh, across Quebec, and uh, I was ranked, but I wasn't ranked like, that high. So, uh, and then I realized that the um, only really thing holding me back from going pro is that it takes such a big financial commitment, like mm-hmm. week in week out. Like when you're starting, you're paying hotels, you're paying flights, you're paying food, like every single week, like. If you're not sponsored, or if you don't have a federation backing you, it's a very, very, very difficult game to get into, and you need like a lot, a lot of money.
1: Okay, so in your opinion, best male player of all time tennis, and best female player of all time tennis.
0: Okay, male, I'm kind of biased on this one, but uh, that's, I good. Up, that's good. That's <laughs> good. I grew up as a kid as an Andre Agassi fan, so oh, uh, cool. I would have to say him honestly. Okay the the career that he had as uh, one of the greatest uh, American players probably one of the greatest American players up there with uh, Pete Sampras and Arthur Ashe and Andy Roddick on the women's side like I have to go with with Sydney Williams because you know I've actually had the opportunity to cover her a few times uh, you know at the at the French Open so she like I said she, she she's the girl when it comes to women's tennis you know she she basically, you know, inspired a lot of people to, to play the sport. She, you know, her and her sister, you know, two black girls from Compton, you know, they, they basically changed the game. And now there's a, a lot of other African-American players breaking in like Coco Golf Sloane Stevens, you know, Taylor Townsend. So, you know, she, they, they really were the benchmark for those players coming into the game right now.
1: This episode is brought to you by Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. Get into your best shape with their comprehensive programs. So sign up now to either their basic package or warrior package with the code PSPKB, all caps, for 15% off. Stay fit this winter with Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. All right. I got, I got to agree with you, Serena Williams. I'm with you there. But when it comes to the male side, I'm a Pistol Pete guy. So I'm on the other side of the fence for you.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> I, like I said, I grew up in fan, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> Agassi played San Francisco I was late against San It It's
1: monumental. It's monumental. Yeah.
0: No, but Sapris was 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 an amazing player, like the stuff he did as well, like.
2: Oh yeah, hundred percent. I was a fan of both. Yeah, I was I was leaning team Agassi, to be honest in those days.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna say Patrick Rafter.
2: Yeah, Pat Rafter was cool too. He, he's
0: late Lane Hewitt?
2: Yeah, he was a little bit annoying. <laughs> yeah, I gotta agree with <laughs> you found on he, that one. I am him a little bit annoying to be honest. <laughs> I prefer oh, Pat Rafter. Um
0: I I, I gotta <laughs> ask, what did you think of um you got a chance to watch Demonor Shapovalov?
2: I saw some highlights. Uh I do like his play, Alex Demonor, and uh he's definitely he's definitely on the come up. I do wonder how he's gonna go in the, the US Open. What what are your thoughts on Demonor?
0: I like his game, honestly, and uh, you know Shapo is going is going through a very, very, very hard time right now. I think he has like one win in, in like his last ten matches. So he's going through a bit of a rut. But Demonore, you know, I like his game. It's a quick game. You know, he has a, a good, I think it's a good lefty serve. And then, you know, with the powerful forehand and, you know, he has quick speed. So I like Demonor. I don't know how far the US Open, but maybe like fourth round. I, I would say that's my prediction off the top of my head.
2: All right. And let me ask you this. Do you see Team Canada winning a Davis Cup or a Billie Jean King Cup in the future?
0: Uh, on the women's side, if you stack the team with a Bianca Andreescu, a Leila Fernandez, a Gabriel Dabrowski, and Rebecca Marino. So if you put Bianca Andreescu, Leila Fernandez, Rebecca Marino, that Browski, then you have a really, really, really good team. Honestly for the women's side. And on the men, you know the the thing with Davis Cup is that now it's it's been taken over by a by a company owned by uh by PK. And mm. since they took over, it's been an absolute, you know, nightmare. Like they're moving it all over the place. There was even a rumor they went to they were going to send it to the final to Abu Dhabi, and people were like, "Why going to go to Abu Dhabi watch a Davis Cup final?" Like it makes absolutely yeah. no sense. Like they're basically taking money out of their pockets. Like 2019 in Madrid was a it was a disaster. I think they lost like twenty thirty million dollars off of that event because like no one showed up, mm. and. Then, you know, the players just said, you know what, if if, if they're going to treat Davis Cup like that, if they're going to take the soul out of it, then, like, what's the point of playing? But again, like, if, if if Davis Cup was Davis Cup like it was, like, back in the day, like, you put a Chapo, you put a Felix, and uh, you, you, you have a rock star team.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it is sad to see the Davis Cup tradition be tarnished. But it doesn't surprise me that someone who is so entrenched in the mesh game club way of Barcelona is engaging in such dodgy <laughs> practices, but um, staying with La Liga. You're you're a Madrid. You're someone who covers the Madridistas, Real Madrid. Yeah. Did you watch the Super Cup this afternoon?
0: Actually, unfortunately, no. I was like again, I was at work, so I heard. I heard they won two nothing. I heard Benzema scored. So
2: yeah, okay. I didn't want to play spoiler, but <laughs> they did. They did win. So. Yeah. Is anyone stopping Real Madrid and La Liga this season?
0: I mean, Barcelona now, they they have Lewandowski, so that might pose a challenge. But other than that, um, I honestly don't think so. Atletico always gives them a a run for their money. Barca gives them a run for their money. So it really depends. Um, But I really think, uh, like, I I mostly cover Real Madrid for UEFA Champions League. I don't really cover La Liga. I honestly think Real Madrid have to defend their towers here in Champions League. They have
2: to. Okay, and you feel like the defensive additions of Rudiger and others will assist with that?
0: Oh, for sure, Rudiger co- coming out of uh, out of Chelsea that was a, that was a huge acquisition. You know, to back up with Alaba, it's going to be a solid four. Like that was sort of their weak spot, I would say. Like the last couple of years, I remember at one point like. Actually, I didn't even know what to do with his back four. He would end up at one point playing like Lucas Vasquez. He was like a mid or a striker at one point on the back line. And now they have more depth. You know, they have uh, Militao. They have um, they have Nacho. They have, um, you know, they have uh, Rudiger now. They have Alaba. Like, so, you know, they have Carvajal. You know, this, this back line, I think, has taken a huge, huge upgrade.
2: Okay. Watch this space.
1: Yeah, do you think Messi is happy at PSG? Or do you think he's going to end up back in La Liga?
0: Um, that's actually a really good question. I I wouldn't know because I haven't followed PSG. Um, they're actually one of the teams that I don't like. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just feel like they're they're a money team. Like basically, their owners of the Qatar that have billions of dollars. They're like, oh, we're gonna like waste all our money. We're just gonna create a super team and see what happens. And you know, the 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 league is probably one of the weakest leagues in Europe. That's right. When you compare it to all the other leagues in Europe, and you know, like the, there's literally like in France, there's three major teams: there's PSG, there's Marseille, and there's Niel and that's about it. So I mean, you have you're, you're competing with two other teams, as opposed to like a Spain or like in Italy or like even like a Germany or or in England, like where you have like ten really solid teams that are like that are like playing, but. um. I really don't know. Messi again—he's he's nearing the end of his career. Maybe he wants to, you know, take a step back. You know, there's been rumors maybe that he might do like what most players are doing. Maybe he might look to the MLS soon, like maybe in like a year or two, mm-hmm. but like what Bale did, like what um, Insigne and uh, Bernadeski did, come to TFC. That's usually what most players do when they end, when they reach the end of their prime. They'll either go to Asia or they'll come to MLS.
1: Do you cover much MLS?
0: I do actually. I I cover um, CF Montreal on a on a regular basis. I'm actually almost at every single game at the at the Stadium in Montreal. So,
1: and how do you feel about the development of that league? It,
0: it's getting better. There's a lot more talent now. Like 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 I said, uh, Gareth Bale going to LAFC. Chiellini, you know now Bernadeski and Sigy. It's at it, least getting you know tougher and tougher. And you know, you're seeing a lot more bigger players coming in. And uh, it's become super competitive. I'll give you an example. Like FC Cincinnati, when they first came into the league, they were like completely one of the worst teams in the league. And now this year they're like in six or seven spot and they're about to make like the playoffs for the first time in, in the, the franchise career. So, you know, it shows that uh, like the development is, is, is actually growing in, in MLS. Right on. I saw a crazy stat a couple months ago where they actually rated the popularity of sports in the U.S., like professional leagues, and actually MLS was more popular than the NHL in the in the U.S.
2: Yep. Really? doesn't surprise me. Yep. It's ha- it's already happened. I, I said it was going to happen. It's already happened. There we go.
0: I, 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 I'm sure I read a stand now. Like, uh, when you like, compare the to top leagues, it's like NFL. Uh, I think it's like MLB. I think it's like MLS, and then it's like NHL.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. So someone needs to tell Rogers to spend less money on hockey and spend more money on the baseball team. That's just my two cents on the matter.
0: <laughs> I grew up a Yankees fan, so like
2: Hey, there we go.
0: I was a kid, I used to watch it a little bit, but for me personally, like to spend like six hours and watching a game is just not not me right now. Like when I when the Expos were here back in the day, like I would go like once in a while. You know, just for the fun of it. But to go and sit on TV for, like, five, six hours, just it, it wasn't something that I, I i was keen on doing. Like, in the playoffs, if it was, like, sixth, seventh inning, you know, World Series or, like, ALCS or ALDS, and the Yankees are playing, sure, I'll turn it on, I'll watch for a couple hours. But watch an entire game, like, it's, it, it seems a lot.
2: Hey, if you're going to start watching again, this will be this season. I mean, Iron Judge's. Is- on the way to passing roger maris and that's that's something to behold if he can get to 62 home runs
0: the yankees are killing it this year which makes me very happy hope that they can actually uh bring a world series and not get cheated by by houston right
2: yeah this 2017 was was it, was it was pretty egregious and the, yeah. most of the houston players i think all of them have shown no remorse so Oh, it would be nice to knock them out in the ALCS or the ALDS. And, I would
0: love to see that. Like, honestly, I would love to see that.
2: Yeah. All right. So you understand? Good. <laughs> Excellent. Yankee fans. What? Oh, the worst, man. The worst. Why? 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 <laughs> why, it, why? Why the worst? Explain yourself, Cole.
1: I don't. I don't. I don't want to go there and upset too many. No. No. No.
2: Co- we're we're already here. <laughs> we're already here, bud. What's the problem? Because they spend more money. Because the Blue Jays could spend exactly the same amount of money, but they they choose to treat their franchise like a profit center instead of a baseball club, and then and then they wonder why they can't get past the first round of the playoffs. I Whose fault is that? Thing. The front office, not the Yankees. It's not the Red Sox' fault. It's the Blue Jays' fault. Look in the mirror.
1: Elias, is is grass court the truest form of tennis? Is it, is like Wimbledon the sort of the home of tennis? Really?
0: Um, that's another good question. To be honest, I I really wouldn't have an answer because you know tennis I think did start on grass and then you know it went to like I think it went to like clay and then hard Wimbledon is probably the most historic tournament like in, in all of tennis okay. I would say yeah. when it comes to like the home of tennis I I really wouldn't know to be honest.
1: Okay, well, fair enough. Wimbledon is my favorite of the tennis majors. Right, that's, that's by far my favorite. But I mean. Each version of tennis has its own appeal. I just, I don't know, I tend to find Wimbledon to be the, the most exciting of them.
0: So yeah. I've been to Wimbledon, I think, three times.
1: Just rub it in. Just rub it in.
0: This time <laughs> as a <I> fan, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. I did queuing because there you can't buy tickets online. You have to like line up. Mm-hmm. And I met this American guy, and we literally camped out from three a.m. to like. 11 o'clock in the morning and it was just crazy and there's five ten thousand people in line and you know i mean you're 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 literally camping outside on like grass and it was like
1: yeah pretty much the only thing i've ever done
2: that for is a playstation
0: (laughs) (laughs) you ever did that
1: you ever did that be overnight at walmart
2: (laughs) no we don't have walmart in australia oh no what do you what do you have there um kmart target wait are
0: you are you in australia right now
2: no, no, I'm in Toronto. Okay,
0: okay, okay.
1: No, but at that at that time, you would have been out in the back country.
2: Yeah, in the outback. <laughs> <laughs> outback steakhouse. <laughs> Wait, what was that?
0: I said outback steakhouse.
2: Ah, uh, that's a good question. That- have
1: you been to one of those, me? Ne-?
2: I have not, but I've heard about it. it sounds like it's it sounds a bit gimmicky, but I I should check it out for the experience just to see how authentic it is. Yeah, I think you and I might have to go to one of these outback steakhouses and run the rule over the menu. Do you eat room meat? Yes, it's it's beautiful. It's high in protein, no fat. Big advocate. Big advocate for kangaroo meat.
1: Okay, Elias, you, you live in Montreal. Yes. So you've got to know where the best poutine is.
0: Yes, but actually, funny story, I don't like poutine. <laughs> okay, what?
2: <right. laughs> how? how? How do they let you walk the streets? <laughs>
0: Because poutine is a French Canadian thing. I'm 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 English Canadian, so it's kind of different.
1: Are you bilingual?
0: I am actually bilingual.
2: Okay, but anyway, my, my head's spinning right now. Okay, so what's your favorite Canadian dish then, Elias?
0: I don't know to be honest. I don't think I don't I know think... what would you consider a Canadian dish besides besides poutine. Like there's
1: pretty much anything bacon,
2: <laughs> Viva, Viva tail or something.
0: <laughs> there's deer i uh, which I've had maybe once. Okay. It wasn't bad. I'm, I consider myself a carnivore, so like I'll, I'll eat, I'll eat like, meat. It won't,
2: it won't bother me. Have you had kangaroo?
0: I haven't, but I've, I've had alligator.
2: Okay. Yeah, that's all right.
0: I love alligator. Crispy fried alligator is like one of my favorite things in the world. All right.
1: Now, Australia does not have alligators. They have crocodiles.
2: Yeah, so I, I figure it'll be similar, right?
0: Yeah. By the way, where are you from in Australia?
2: I grew up in Perth, but I also lived in Melbourne and Brisbane. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: That's actually... um, So I've done three of the four Grand Slams. It's on my bucket list. I was about to do it two years ago, but then COVID hit. Ah. I wanted to go to the Australian Open in January, and then I was going to go, and then COVID happened, and then you know.
2: Well, I I thought that that was going to be Serena's last tournament, but she's I guess, brought it forward to the home Grand Slam in the U.S. So there we go.
0: The fact that she won that tournament, being two months pregnant, really astonishes me.
2: Crazy. It speaks volumes as to her her mentality as an athlete, as a winner. And, yeah, just it says a lot. I'm looking forward to when that movie comes out. I haven't seen the the movie that came out with Will Smith, but I'm sure the Serena Williams movie is going to be awesome when they release that. I haven't, no. I, I heard it slaps, though. Is that Dude, correct? you need
0: to see it, like, tonight or something. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, I saw it, like, three times. Like, I literally saw it on on the plane.
2: There we go.
1: Yeah, honestly, it is an amazing movie as much as I'm not much of a Will Smith fan right now, but it's an amazing movie.
0: It's actually a movie.
2: All right. There we go. I'll take your recommendation, Elias. I trust your judgment. And I'll give it a crack. Now, my... Where can we find you on social media?
0: So you can find me on Facebook, Elias Larrati. You can find me on Twitter, at Elias Larrati, and on Instagram, it's Elias.Larrati.
2: All right. There we go. We've already given you a follow, so we're about that, and our listeners probably will too, so we look forward to that. I hope you put a lot on the lead-up to the World Cup, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, mate, I've got to ask. Because you cover so many sports, we're in August, so there's about, what, four or five months left in the year. Give us a bold prediction for the rest of 2022. Any sport, anything you like, just give us something that's been burning that you want to share with the world. Now's your chance.
0: I think, uh, like, a bold one, like, like out of, out of left field. Bold as you want.
1: Yeah, you you go as bold as you think you can.
0: I think and- Bianca Andreescu will make the U.S. Open final. Boom.
1: Boom.
2: There we go. Yeah. We're going to be watching with intent now. Yep. There we go. She did win before, so...
0: Go place your bets now.
1: That's right. You get wicked
2: odds, man. (laughs) That's right. With our partners at Sports Interaction in Canada and very soon BetUS. Yep. Awesome. We will do that. Yeah, buddy. That's awesome, man. Great chat. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate you. And we'll have to have you back on again soon. Thanks for
1: tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website, www.prosportspodcasters.com.
2: On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners.
1: You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our Insider Tips, Sponsor Giveaways, and Insider Newsletter.
2: So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasts experience. No sport is left behind.